Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 233. You are listening to the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news, views, and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. We love your company. And you first-time listeners, we're glad you found us and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Samsung reveals the reason why the Galaxy Note 7 exploded and was taken off the market and the drone that can go underwater and change fishing forever. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the jacket that can carry your laptop and all your other gadgets. The smart hairbrush we're checking out, as well as the app that your kids can use to create and animate their stories. And we're going to finish it off with a big Tech Guide help desk as well. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show planned for you, so let's jump straight in. Samsung today revealed the causes of the faults, the issues that occurred with the Galaxy Note 7 flagship smartphone. It was a device that was that was launched in a blaze of glory in New York. I was actually at the, the launch over there. And it went on the market on August the 19th worldwide. And it was only a couple of weeks later that the issues began arising. And these issues, I mean overheating batteries, smoking batteries, exploding batteries. Uh, A recall was initiated and they did uh, then what they thought they had uh, had come across the issue and resolved it. Uh, Replacement devices were then sent out, but unfortunately the issues continued again overheating batteries, exploding batteries, fires caused by the overheating batteries, and a second recall was initiated before eventually Samsung uh, deciding to discontinue the model altogether. It was uh, it was all over in, in October when they decided to kill the Note 7, so take it completely off the market. So we've been waiting for some months now uh, there, there, there was speculation that it was obviously a battery issue, but exactly what that issue was, none of us knew. There were plenty of rumours flying around and people trying to come up with their own, their own theories behind what happened. But it was only today that Samsung actually held a global press conference and revealed exactly what happened. And, and I have to say, it was an exhaustive 
press conference, plenty of information. Samsung being very open and honest about what happened, very apologetic to customers, to telcos and other people who who were were, were suffered an inconvenience with this with the whole episode. And uh, the the whole thing was a uh, to reveal the causes and the results of not only Samsung's own exhaustive uh, into investigations into into what happened, but they also introduced three independent companies into the press conference who had been tasked with creating their own investigations that were completely objective and and uh, separate to anything that Samsung was doing. Samsung were determined to find the root cause of the problem, and they that's exactly what they did. And to summarise what, what, what was said, there, there were some pretty technical information shared. And to boil it all down, the results were actually extraordinary. Uh, extraordinary unlucky, uh, unlucky, I have to say. It, it was uh, a, 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 an incident with a battery defect and the replacement battery having... Another type of defect, which the odds of which are astronomical. I've described it in my story as like a, a person being struck by lightning and then the next day being struck by lightning again. That was that was the the uh, extraordinary nature of the problem. But let's just go through that first of all, though. Battery A, we're going to call it, that was the, the initial battery that was installed in the Note 7. Now, you have to remember the Note 7 was a, a a slightly larger device, had a larger screen, had fast charging, had a USB-C port, the first Samsung phone to have that kind of connect- connectivity, and it had uh, a battery that was 4,000 milliamp hours, or just under, I think 3,800, around that. So the battery that was installed in the initial Note 7 had a design that they call a jelly roll construction. In other words, the cells wrapped around one another and had they had separators between the cells. But what had happened was that there was a deformation of the battery in the top right-hand corner causing the separators to be compromised. And that resulted in an internal short circuit. Now, this occurred with the the recall devices. So they did a teardown of the devices that were actually that actually exploded. So they did a teardown and a, in the similar thing, top right hand corner deformation of the battery. They also did exhaustive tests. They tried to replicate the problem on regular smartphones, uh, regular Note 7 devices. Uh, More than 200,000 charge and recharge tests they conducted, uh, and they couldn't recreate it, but they did discover this defect in in the batteries, and they found that the the issue with this particular design uh it the jelly roll uh, and it was in a, it was in a type of pouch the battery was in a had a pouch construction uh they decided in the first recall that they were going to slightly redesign the battery in other words r- rid it of this apparent design flaw of the battery so after doing that they decided right we've we fixed that design flaw up we're going to order the next batch of batteries, so let's call that battery B, from a different factory in China. 
So they gave them the same specifications and the same requirements, but without with a, that design tweak so that that fault would not occur again. So this is the battery B. When it was delivered and, and sent out as replacement devices deemed to be safe, another defect was found. Now, it had resolved the first issue. That wasn't the problem with battery B. The problem with battery B was that there were welds. There was a weld defect. Now, the amount, the, the height of the weld, and we're talking microns here, so these are fractions of millimetres. These welds were actually too high and forced the into the positive electrodes between the separators of the cells and compromised the battery and caused an internal circuitry failure as well. So that was the cause of battery B's failure. Not It wasn't what was happening with battery A. So you can see Samsung's misfortune here where a defect that they thought they'd found and fixed and were, were replacing, but the second battery again comes up with a totally different defect. Like I said, it's a it's a thousand to one shot that this would happen. Just pure bad luck for Samsung. It's like I said, they got hit by lightning twice in two days. It's unheard of what what happened here. And as a result of this devastating luck, the product was doomed. Samsung weren't going to go uh, go go for a third time and try to resolve the battery issue. the The problem was too big to contain. They decided to cut their losses and recall the devices. There were more than three million sold worldwide, and the recall process and the testing and all of the trouble they've gone to has cost the company more than six billion dollars. So you can imagine the hit on the bottom line. But what we understand is that more than 75% of Note customers actually opted to replace their device with another Samsung product. So the Galaxy S7 or the S7 Edge, which sales of which did not suffer a blip during this whole time. So Samsung maintained the strength of those models and a lot of customers stuck loyal to Samsung and decided that they would they would would opt for rather than having a refund which about 20% of customers opt chose rather than the refund most customers stuck loyal to Samsung and chose another Samsung device the most popular choices being the S7 and the S7 Edge so out of all this learning and, and there were three independent companies as I mentioned UL Exponent and TUV Rhineland. They did their own testing. They came up with similar conclusions. They even did testing of the of random tests from the assembly line. They even did. They even replicated the logistics, like the transport, the overland transport from China to the assembly plant in Vietnam. So they drove the batteries in a similar fashion as the previous models had been driven, and found that that actually wasn't the cause. Of the issue, they also concluded that the the device itself, the design of the device itself, the internal circuitry and the software were also not responsible 
for the battery failure. It was that internal cell issue which was identified from the get-go that that was the actual fault of the whole thing. Now, the battery management system of the Note 7 was noted that it was not that was not the result of of that issue. The uh, Note 7's battery management system actually exceeded regular industry requirements. The internal circuitry and the design were also found to not be at fault. But having said that, with the battery obviously the culprit here, Samsung is still determined to change its processes, its design and manufacturing processes to ensure this does not happen again. And as a result, they've put in place a few changes in the way they're going to move forward with new devices in the future. And we're expecting the S8, the S8 Edge, uh, around April. So they've still got a few months they're going to to finalize the testing for these devices. But what they've set up, though, are a new range of internal processes to ensure product safety and quality above all. They're even, they're even going to appoint teams to focus on core components, like one team would focus on displays, one team's going to focus on batteries, another team's going to focus on another part of the device. They're also going to introduce an eight-point battery check, which will include durability testing, visual inspections, X-ray inspections, charge and discharge tests, disassembly tests, accelerated usage tests, so they can uh, they can ha- uh, uh, test the battery as if it's been running for two weeks straight. They're also going to appoint an advisory group from research centres around the world with independent scientists to provide an objective view on the device's safety. So a, a, a person. These people external to Samsung will have an objective say in whether a product is deemed safe enough to go to market. So I think Samsung have really, they've really learned a massive lesson here, a lesson that, I, that I'm thinking other companies may even adopt. I think there's a lot of companies that as a result of what happened to Samsung, the misfortune that Samsung suffered here, there are a lot of companies that I think are checking their own processes. They're making sure that this doesn't happen to them. It was just blind bad luck that, that this affected Samsung in the way that it did. So I think there are a lot of businesses, a lot of other companies, rival companies, including perhaps Apple, that are making sure that they are double-checking, triple-checking that their batteries and the factories that produce their batteries don't produce the same result, that that calamitous result, disastrous result, where the Note 7 was taken off the market. And this was, this was the flagship product deemed as the best smartphone the company has ever created and, a, and a, an opinion that I'd agree with. I think that was one of the best phones I've ever used. And uh, in my review, you can still read it on Tech Guide. Uh, it, it was a product that really set a new standard. It had an iris scanner, so you can unlock unlock the device just by looking at it. Fast charging, had, all, had a great screen, the S Pen, had all these great features. But will we see the Note 7 again? Will we see a Note product again? That, that is yet to be seen. That uh, DJ, DJ Ko, who is the vice president for mobile at Samsung, uh, he stated, he's the president of Samsung's mobile communication business, he said that in future they would look at allowing more space around the batteries. 
So with that in mind, you just, you'd safely assume that perhaps moving forward, Samsung phones may be slightly thicker, slightly wider than they were in the past because in the competitive market, every millimeter counts. And if your phone's thicker than a rival's phone, then the perhaps customers may opt to, to, to move to that, to that other brand. So... It is going to be interesting to see how Samsung approaches their new devices. I'd assume the S8 and the S8 Edge were probably already designed and in testing phase right now because they are due to be released in just three months' time. So we are really keen to see what comes of that. But Samsung, worst luck you could ever imagine for them. Two different battery defects from two different factories. It's an absolute thousand-to-one thing that has cost them the Note 7 from the market. If you want to read about that investigation and see some images of those batteries, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, who likes, who likes to go fishing? I know there's a lot of people that love to go fishing. Well, there is a new drone in town, and uh, this was a product we saw at the Consumer Electronics Show, a place in Las Vegas that uh, every year we, we go to CES. And the drone section is grow, has grown even further, and drones of all shapes and sizes and types at the show. One that caught our eye was a totally different type of drone, the Power Ray. This is an underwater drone designed to go beneath the waves, beneath the surface, to completely change the the fishing experience. If you're a, tr- a traditional, uh, if you like traditional fishing, you know that you you got a rod and a reel and you got your line and your bait and your hook and you dip it in the water and hope you get a you get a bite. So a lot of patience involved. Well, Power Ray can completely change that scenario. Power Ray goes in the water gives you a first-person perspective of what's going on through the camera. So you could have attached to your rod a a smartphone or a tablet giving you a live, real-time view of what's going on beneath the surface. There's even a line and hook and lure that can be strung through from your rod through the through the PowerAI drone to give you an even better chance of catching fish. Now, I'm not a fisherman, and I have had very limited fishing experience, but I don't know whether this product defeats the purpose. I don't know whether is fishing, in my in my thought, my thoughts were that fishing was that sort of pastime that requires patience and skill and is something that, that you take your time doing. I don't know whether the power ray is cheating, whether it's changing the very nature of fishing, but the response we've had on Tech Guide for this story has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and with people commenting, take my money now, uh, others saying, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose, but the, the general uh, overview has been one of acceptance and people dying to, to get their hands on this thing. The underwater drone, the power ray, can dive to a depth of 30 metres. It's got on onboard sonar, so it can detect fish up to 40 metres away. I did have one reader ask, asking whether this could be a possible way to detect sharks uh, in the surf. That's been a real issue here. And the the shark nets and drone patrols have been deployed to help detect when the sharks are in the water. Well, this product, which has sonar on board and a camera, 
could very well do take up that duty and uh, and and look for sharks that may be uh, in the, in the out the back of the beach uh, before a drone or even a shark net could detect them. The Power Ray's got an integrated luring light, so it's adjustable LED lighting to illuminate your underwater photos and your and your videos and you can actually see what fish is out there. Also on board is a detachable fish finder. So this can be used on its own and just floats in the water, attached to your line and can provide fish location, the underwater temperature and the depth. And you can even receive a notification to alert you that there are fish nearby. So rather than waiting for a little tug on the line, you can wait for the notification on your smartphone. The device can shoot 12 megapixel stills, 4K video, and even stream full HD video from beneath the surface to your phone. There's a burst mode as well. Uh, PowerRay is created by Power Vision Technology Group, which we saw at CES. There are photos of, uh, of, uh, of the, drone, the underwater drone, the PowerRay, at the stand. It is going to kick off. Pre-order is going to kick off on February the 27th, which is only about a month away. But pricing has yet to be decided. I asked the guy at CES, what are we looking at here? And I think he said it'd be around five to $7,000 US dollars. So is it $10,000 Australian? I don't know. I'd assume it would be. Is that something that's worth buying to improve your fishing uh, that we'd love to hear from you. You want to read all about it and 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 even watch a video about the Power Ray. You can check that out at Tech Guide as well. We do. We would love to hear your opinion about this. But if you want to read that full story, you can check it out at TechGuide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, we live in a world where our connected devices have become an indispensable tool in our lives. Introducing the Netgear Nighthawk X10 Smart Wi-Fi Router. Built using the latest in Wi-Fi technology, the X10 allows users to get faster Wi-Fi speeds on multiple devices simultaneously and is perfect for 4K streaming, VR, and super-fast data transfer. The X10 features the latest 11AC and 11AD network technology, allowing users to wirelessly transfer data at 4.6 gigabits per second. This means your 4K video will take seconds, not minutes, to transfer. The Nighthawk X10 smart Wi-Fi router is also built to meet the needs of today's connected home. From connected deadbolt, smart lights and or Arlo Wi-Fi cameras, the four powered active antennas reduce interference and intelligently direct Wi-Fi across large distances. The Nighthawk X10 is also the first router with the Plex media server built in. Plex organises all of your video, music and photo collections and gives you instant access to your content using an always-on router. You can wirelessly stream 4K video to any device jitter-free for the ultimate family movie night. The Nighthawk Netgear X10 smart router contains a quad-core processor for unparalleled speed and power to keep up with your fast-paced lifestyle. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Nighthawk X10, the world's fastest Wi-Fi router. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Our first review for this week's show is the Scott E Vest. It's actually not a gadget, but a jacket to carry around your gadgets. Now, this was a product that caught our eye at the Consumer Electronics Show, 
and is a is a jacket that addresses the 21st century needs of customers. You think about when jackets have been made for centuries, but the use of our jackets today and the design of our jackets hasn't really changed that much. But what Scott Evest does has taken into account the fact that we carry around laptops and tablets and phones and headphones and earphones and all kinds of other products. And it was designed to accommodate that use of mobile devices. Now, it was the company was founded actually back in 2000 by Laura and Scott Jordan, hence the reason the Scott Evest. Scott, who was a, who was a bit of a gadget freak, uh, loved to take his devices with him, but he was he was tired of having to put all the the gadgets into his wife Laura's purse. And Scott had already ruled out carrying around a man bag, so he thought another another solution had to be found. And what he did, he actually got a fisherman's vest and started experimenting and modifying the the, the garment with extra pockets. And from that, he created the first e vest. And since then, the company has never looked back. The Scotty Vest has gone on to create an extensive lineup of jackets and vests, both for men and women, that feature all these storage pockets and functional storage pockets, which I'll explain in a minute. So you can carry your laptop, your tablet, smartphone, your camera, earphones, batteries, portable batteries, water bottles, and even more books in your jacket or your vest. How do we know? We tried it. We've got the Enforcer from Scott Evest, and this is a 100% poly exterior, sort of soft shell look. Uh, looks like a regular jacket from the outside, very stylish, fits me really nicely. Uh, it's also got removable sleeves, so you can, uh, you can unzip the sleeves if you want to just wear it as a vest, but we prefer to wear it as a jacket. And now we wore this at the Consumer Electronics Show. And there is a picture on our story on Tech Guide of all the products we fit inside the Enforcer jacket, including a 15-inch MacBook Pro, a 12.9-inch iPad Pro, and an e-reader, a book, a portable battery, two smartphones, headphones, a bottle of water, and a book, and a puzzle book. We took our Sudoku book with us as well. That was when we were traveling, but we'll get onto that in a minute. So the point of this is there are 30 pockets on the inside of this jacket, which uh, pockets within pockets, there are outside pockets as well. So there's all these places. And because of this, the, the sturdy construction, the, the way the jacket is constructed is that when even when it's loaded up, it doesn't sag below the waistline. It actually sits in place. So people, casual observer wouldn't know you're carrying anything in your pockets. But you can pull out a laptop, an iPad, all the all this gear from the jacket. Now we should point out this Enforcer jacket also includes a. You can also have a hidden carry of your firearm, whether it's in left pocket, right front pocket. There's room to. There's a holster inside for a gun and for an ammunition clip as well. 
Great feature for US customers, maybe not going to not going to be used by me certainly, but it's there if you need it. But that internal, that front pocket was still big enough to fit in a tablet, as well as a water bottle, as well and and similar storage space inside on the side pockets. There's a there's a functional pocket where you can actually put a phone and still operate the touch screen uh, and look at your notifications just by opening the lapel of the jacket. Uh, there's another area where you can put a key ring uh, and it's got an extendable chain so you can open your door with actually unlocking the key from the hook in the pocket so you're not going to lose your keys uh there's uh, there's also an uh, rfid protected pocket as well so you can put your passport and your wallet in this and and not be uh not not risk being skimmed as well they've thought of everything and it's absolutely remarkable how much you can fit in it when we flew from vegas to los angeles uh, we loaded up the jacket. I loaded up the jacket. We had my iPad Pro, had uh, my headphones, had all these things inside it so that when I walked on the plane with my carry-on bag, I didn't need to stop and get all those things out of the bag and then put in the overhead locker. All I had to do was have everything in my pockets, hands-free for my boarding pass and passport, and just chuck the roller bag in the overhead locker, and I just moved straight into my seat. So if you're a traveler, frequent traveler with your gadgets, it's also a great option as well. This Scott E vest, though, they're not cheap. I've got to say, the price on this is three sixty US. That's down from four seventy five US. But if you think about buying a high quality jacket, you're going to pay in that ballpark anyway. If you went down the bag, the bag option, you want to carry around a decent bag. That's going to be one hundred and fifty bucks as well. So here you've got a stylish jacket that can carry all your devices. Uh, for men or women, jacket or vest, I think once you start wearing the Scott E vest, you, you, I don't think you could ever go back to wearing an ordinary uh, ordinary outerwear. You're going to have to carry your gadgets with you everywhere. The Scott E vest, and in particular the Enforcer jacket, we've reviewed that, and you can read that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Next up is... Yet another smart product that we uncovered at the Consumer Electronics Show. This is from Why Things or We Things. I can't know. I never know how to pronounce that name. I think it's We Things. W I T H I N G S. Send me a tweet at Stephen Fennick. Stephen spelled with a PH. How do you pronounce Why Things, We Things? We're going to call it We Things for this particular segment. And what We Things has come up with is a smart hairbrush. So you want to have a good hair day, then having a smart brush can help you do that. The Hair Coach, world's first smart brush, has built-in sensors among the bore uh, bristles on board as well. So it looks like a regular brush. Uh, it, it from from holding it in your hand, you probably couldn't tell that it's any different. So you've got your normal bristles, the normal handle, but in between the bristles you'll find a small sensor. And that sensor wirelessly connects via Bluetooth to an app on your device so you can check what it discovers. Now, what the sensors do, uh, they, they sense a few things. On, on, one, on one side, they can detect things about your hair's health. Uh, they can detect your hair's elasticity, whether it's damaged, whether it's dry, whether it, it, the quality, can you can afford breakage, avoid, avoid tangling. Those little things are picked up and relayed instantly to an app on your smartphone. It does that via Bluetooth. But on the other hand, it can also detect things like the force of your brushing, the rhythm of your brushing, the stroke count, how many times you comb your hair. All these are all factored together to produce 
information and suggestions for you to improve your hair care routine. Now, the beauty industry, the health and beauty industry is massive. We're talking hundreds of billions of dollars a year. Now, this is a product that can easily tap into that very lucrative market. It was actually created in conjunction with WeThings with Kerat Stasi and L'Oreal, which are very well-known beauty brands. So they bring their smarts from their end. The tech expertise comes from WeThings, and the hair coach is born. The app can give you lots of information. Uh, the can can detect uh, what what it can detect as soon as you start using it, it starts collecting data straight away sends it wirelessly to your device and that information as I said was is examined and gives you an idea of how ha- healthy your hair is now and how you can improve it it even suggests a personalized hair care routine so you can chart all this progress uh, with your hair and get you even healthier hair so the number of good hair days increase rapidly. Now, if you're listening to this and have no hair, I'm talking to our male listeners, then this may be a good gift for your wife. Maybe not for yourself, but for the missus. The Weavings Hair Coach. It's going to be available in the second half of the year, but we recommend that you check out that story for yourself at techguide.com.au. All right, it's uh, towards the end of the school holidays, and if your kids are looking for things to do, they might be a bit bored, and they love using their tablets and smartphones. Well, we've got a great suggestion. It's the Google Toontastic 3D Storytelling app. Now, this works on iOS and on Android devices, and it's basically a storytelling app that allows your kids to create their own 3D-looking animations. So it really encourages kids to tell stories, come up with characters, and the app can guide you through. You can move the characters around the screen, record your voices for your characters as well. So a lot of fun, really unleashes the imagination for kids. So they're designing characters. They can even include their own face, adding movement, their voice. They can even add music and then save the result to the photo library and, of course, share it on social media as well. So what the app helps you to, helps you to do is to work out your story structure. So you start with your characters, uh, when they're introduced, uh, gives you a structure. So right in the middle of the story, something's got to happen. The characters need to be challenged in some way, and then the end is you wrapping things up. You can get, even if you want to, you can go for a classic story structure in five different parts, or you can even create things like science reports or documentaries or a replication of your favorite movies and TV shows. Uh, it is really, really fun to use. And the good thing about it, the app's free. No ads in the in the app. No in-app purchases. No need for a login or password. You just get in and use it. Not going to cost you a cent. It is pure fun for kids of all ages. And I think a lot of adults will get into this as well and create their own little funny stories to share. But for kids, it's a no-brainer. The Google Toontastic 3D app, available now for free from the Google Play Store and Apple's App Store. And if you want to read all about that, it's at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it's not always safe. 
Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information like passwords, photos and credit card details to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords or companies tracking your online activity, keep your personal information protected with the new Wi-Fi privacy app. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Now, have we got a help desk for you this week? This is a story. We wrote it on Tech Guide, and the story's gone ballistic. A lot of people are responding to this story. It has solved their problem for many people. And the issue here is how to fix a smartphone that won't charge. Now, this is I we're talking iPhone, we're talking Android phones, all types of phones. Often you come across an issue where you connect the cord and it just won't take, it won't connect properly to give you a charge. You've got to jiggle the cord and you think you've got to prop it up and leave it at an angle and not touch it and hope that the phone charges. And a lot of people think something's wrong with the phone or something's wrong with the cable. So they're getting really worried. They're making Apple Store appointments, uh, Genius Bar appointments, and they're, they're making other arrangements for other uh, smartphone repairers. But we think we may have the solution for you. Now, if you, this normally occurs, this problem we've noticed and we've heard from our readers, when you've had your phone for over a year, maybe a year and a half, these problems tend to occur. And the first thing people think is that, well, there's something wrong with the phone. There's something wrong with the connectors, something happening, cables busted, change cable, still no, no change, something's wrong with the device. Well, we think nothing is wrong with the device, and the problem is very simple. Are you listening? The problem is pocket lint. Yes, the fluff in your pocket in the year and a half or year that you've been using your phone, every time you stuff it in your pocket, the port can attract lint and fluff that enters the port and is compacted every day because what do you do? You put a charging cable inside it. So over time, you're pushing that lint and that dust and that debris further into the port. Now, if you are suffering from this issue where the cable can't seem to connect properly and give you a charge, I suggest you get a needle or a SIM card tool and gently fish around in the port, make a little sweeping action, and clear out any potential debris. You will be surprised at the amount of fluff that you'll find inside. It's a little bit like the belly button fluff that somehow gets in there, and it's always blue for some reason, I don't know why, but it's similar to that. And if you take a look at our story and see for yourself, you may have a ton of junk in there that once you clear it out with that tool, with a needle, uh, with a safety pin, you'll be surprised how much how much crap will come out of that port. And you'll find that once you've cleared that out, you connect your cable and you'll be charging your phone like normal. Give it a try. We've had a huge response to this story. Check it out. Uh, we've written all about it and put some pictures in there. If you are having this issue, we recommend you head over to our website and check out our story at techguide.com.au. 
And that, my friends, is our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Email us. You can send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. Tweet me. Hit me up on Twitter. I will respond, I promise, at Stephen Fennec, and that's Stephen spelled with a PH on Twitter. Please get in touch. Say good day. Special shout-out to our sponsors. We'd like to thank Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we always say, Stay safe and stay connected.